check, check.
Destiny Church. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm going to open us up in prayer, but first I want to read from Romans 8, 14 through 16. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father, for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have given us your spirit, Lord, and we welcome your spirit in here today, Lord, to lead us through this service, God. We ask, Lord, that we would be led by you as we leave here and every day and every step of our lives that we're led by you, God. We thank you that you are not only our Father, Lord, but you are our Creator, Lord. God, we thank you that you loved us enough to adopt us into your family, that you loved us enough to send your son, Jesus, God, and that you loved us enough to take him to prepare a place for us in heaven and leave the Holy Spirit here with us, Lord. The Holy Spirit is our promise that we are your children and that we are going to live with you in heaven one day. Lord, let us have a supernatural confidence knowing that our identity as, is as a child of God. Lord, let us be confident to walk in love, to walk in faith, to walk in mercy, to walk in grace, and be more like our brother Jesus every day. God, I ask as Pastor DJ brings this sermon, Lord, that we will receive the word that you have for us as individuals, Lord, that our identity that you have placed on us before we were even born, that it would rise up in us today, God, that we would recognize it, Lord, and we would walk out of here in that confidence, knowing that you have a plan and a purpose for us, God, that you have something special for each of us to do in your kingdom. God, thank you. Thank you for your love that you loved us enough to adopt us into your family. We can never thank you enough, God. We just ask you to love as others as much as, help us to love others as much as you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.
to 
Yeah. 
How many of you really believe that he wants to come like the rain? You've got to worship him. When you worship him, he will come. Not just singing words from your heart, from your spirit. Because he wants to come like the rain. He wants to pour down blessing. He wants to pour down his glory. He wants to pour down his salvation. He wants to pour down joy, oil of gladness, oil of healing for each one of you. Each one of you children, he wants to pour out his spirit upon you. And he wants you to just run and play in joy and peace. And you know who you are because you are his. You are his children. And he loves each one of you. And he has you in his hands. Each one of us he has in his hands. And he has plans and he has a purpose and a destiny for each one of you. But you've got to just, you you just got to, you know who you are. You are sons. You are daughters of the Most High King. And you worship your Father because He is worthy. He is holy. He is righteous. He is faithful. He is just. He is true. He's worthy. We're not worshiping the worship team. We're worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You've got to worship because He's worthy. Whether we feel like it or not, whether we think the Spirit of God's here or He's not, it doesn't matter. He's worthy. And when you worship Him, His Spirit and His presence will come. And you won't even be able to stand in His presence because it's so awesome and so mighty. And something will come upon you and you're like, what is this feeling I feel? There's something so great and magnificent. He has treasures. I was reading in Colossians this morning. There is so much of God. We don't even know. We don't even know what to ask for. But when you begin to worship Him and love Him, and it just bubbles up outside of, inside of you just like a well, and it just begins to flow. And He's going to, He wants to do so much. And it's you do it in your, you should be doing it in your home. And as you do it in your home every day and we come together in that spirit and that worship that's already cultivated in you every day, when we come together, it just overflows and God just boom. And it's a boom. And he wants to just do so much. And you're like, this is crazy. I've seen God do some crazy stuff, and he's done it to me. Bose had to carry me to the vehicle many of times because I'm just overwhelmed in his presence, and I'm so weak, I just can't get up. He's just overwhelmed me. And I want him just I want to see so much more, and he wants to do so much more. But you just got to, you just, sometimes you just have to close your eyes, and you just say, Jesus, I love you. Sometimes that just might be all you sing the whole time. And there are words to help us and, 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 and teach us how to pray or how to sing. But you should be, you know, sometimes from my heart, I just stop singing. And I'm just like, I love you, Jesus. You're so awesome. You're worthy. I love you just because you're just wonderful. You're so good to me, Jesus. You're so beautiful. But I want to encourage y'all just, 
You need to be cultivating this spirit of worship all day through the week. All that junk music, worldly music stuff, that doesn't edify you. It doesn't edify. You know, I'm for me, that's I just don't like listening to that stuff. I want words and the spirit of God when I listen to music and I just want to tell Jesus you're just wonderful Jesus thank you Jesus I want to encourage you all through the week when you're doing riding down the road washing dishes cleaning house working whatever you're doing worship God make it a habit of worship there's not preaching in heaven what's in heaven worship worship in heaven all day all night 24 hours angels round the throne throwing their crowns down bowing down to the king of kings jesus
them hear your voices. You know that's the uh, that's the only thing he gets out of this whole service. That's the only thing he gets out of this service is our worship to him. That's it. Hmm. And if we don't cry out, the rocks will. If we don't tell him how much we love him, the rocks will. And he loves us that much that he's willing to wait. He's willing to just sit and wait. He's not in a hurry. I definitely tell you I'm not in a hurry. He's willing just to sit and wait for you to cry out to him, for you to worship him. Mm. I kept seeing a picture of this rain and it started sprinkling. And I saw people dodging the rain. I saw people trying to get out of the rain and try to hide from the rain to get to their car. And he says, I'm coming because I want to saturate you. I want to drench you in my love. I want to drench you in what I want to give you. Quit dodging it. Just get soaked in my love. 
Oh, we have too many people trying to run from it and not enough people trying to run into it. Woo. Mm. No. He just wants so much more of us. And the problem is you can't get so much more of him because he's with you all the time. We just don't ever do it. We never surrender to it. Oh, Father. Mm. Come on. Mm. Oh, can we just go back into that, that love? I just want to declare that again. I just want us to sing that as a congregation. And let's just walk in that. Let's just sit in that. Because he wants to hear it this morning. Oh, how in love. Oh, how we love you. 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 with saying that to the Lord because my love is so imperfect and it's so fractured and sometimes it's so disconnected but he wants that love too he knows that we're not perfect he knows that we don't have it all together and apart from him, we can't. So he wants your fractured love. He wants your imperfect love. He wants your disconnected love. Whatever love you have the strength to give him right now, just give it. And if you don't feel like you have the strength to give love, just say it. Just speak it. Because your spirit, if you belong to him, even when you don't feel it, it's still true. Your spirit loves your Father. Your spirit loves your God. So God, we bring you our imperfect love. We bring you our fractured love. We bring you everything we've got right now. And God, in just this moment, if it's only words, we will speak it to you. 
because you first loved us. And as your love showers our heart, as your love permeates our heart, it stirs up the love for you. We love because you first loved us. just sing that together come on one last time come on oh, how we love you. yes lord come on come on come on and oh, oh how we love you and oh how we love you yes lord oh how Yes, Lord. Come on. We love you, Lord. Yes, Father. Come holy. We love you, God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Father. And we cry out to you this morning. Come on, holy. We cry out to you. We love you, Lord. And we thank you. Come on. We lift you up this morning. Yes, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. Come on, Father. Come on, if you love them. Come on, let's lift up one more shout in the house. Come on. Now we can give them more than that. Come on. Let's let them know how much we love them this morning. Yes, Lord. Come on. Woo, come on. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm, come on, we serve a good, good father, and he loves us. And sometimes that's all we need to do is just cry out to him. We're the only thing he made in his image because he loves us and he wants our relationship he wants us to cry out to him it's so good it's so good so father touch us this morning come on holy come on be with us this morning continue to bless us father we love you and we worship you in jesus name amen come on y'all one more time Woo. look find somebody love on them do whatever you got to do we'll be right back
Come on, come on, come on. Good morning. You would have thought I said there was food out somewhere. Like, I just, man, I love y'all. It's like, people said it's time to go. <laughs> Everybody's gathering. I love it, man. I love it when the family can gather together. So good. Um, so I'm not trying to rush you around. Just find your seats. Um, not trying to rush you. Just find your seats. <laughs> come on, come on. So good. Man, how's everybody doing? I don't, nobody likes silence. I don't mind silence. I'll just sit up here and stare at you, but it's more uncomfortable for you than it is for me. I can get through it. I promise you that. But it's so good. It's so good. Uh, man, if you're new here, welcome to Destiny. I'm DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here. Man, we just love our church. You guys love our church? Come on. Man, man I just love what God's doing, how he's flowing, and I just love the love. I love the love of the church. It's so good. And, uh, um, man, welcome home, Miss Rachel and the family and the Bartons. Come on. I know we don't have y'all, but I think we got the better part right now. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I was going to I was gonna introduce you later, but you kind of introduced yourself again, which is awesome. I love it. Come on. It's so good. When we have them back in the house, they'll be uh, visiting for a couple weeks, right? Yeah, about a month or so. Awesome. So, so glad to have you back from Mexico. So good. Uh, man, I'm just excited. So we love you guys watching online. We know uh, whatever reason you're, you're watching online could be at work. So share this link. Get it out there to people. Let them know that, 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 that God has a word for them today and it's going to touch them. So, so please share that link. Get it out to everybody. I'm just excited to see what he's doing. If you're new to the church, hadn't been here in a while, fill out a connect card. Um, fill that out. Let us know you were here. We can't reach out to you if you don't fill that out. And all we want to do is pray with you, share the vision of the church, just talk with you a little bit. That's it. Um, but we can't do it if you don't let us know. So fill that out. Uh, you can also download our app. Uh, our app is out there. You can go online if you download that app. Look, here's the cool part. Even if you can't take a picture of the screen, it's in the foyer. If you can't get it there, just go in the bathrooms. It's on like every stall. I know you got to use the bathroom, so go ahead, download that app, get a picture of that thing. Um, it's important you have that because that's where all the information's flowing through. So we do a lot of information through the app. All the information about Destiny Church is on the app, so you can go on there and find out about everything happening throughout the week, because guess what? We have stuff happening throughout the week. I'm not even going to get into it all. I get into it every week, so get out there and look and see what, what, what we're doing here at Destiny. We also have small groups going on. So if, if you can't find something throughout the week, what I want you to do is find something uh, on a small group level so you can get connected to people on the weekends at some point. Uh, there is something for you at Destiny, and if not, come talk to me because I will empower you to start something for you. That's how that works. So just come and tell me what, what you want to start. We'll start it. It'll be good. Uh, I know that's how God will work it out. So uh, a couple of little things I want to talk about, a team talk. Um, this is... Uh, uh, Mama Lowe's Team Talk, it's for Destiny Kids, so if you're interested in serving in Destiny Kids, or you currently serve in Destiny Kids, then this is going to be Saturday, May 1st, 9 to 12, lunch is provided, so come on out, you got to be here to, to get the food, you can't get the food from home, you need to be here, uh, it's just information, so it's going to be a wonderful time to, for her to share her vision, uh, talk about all the stuff, go through all, you know, we, we like annually to kind of update everything and keep you informed on processes and the way it works, but look, this is really good stuff, be here, and, and Mama Lo will be here talking, I'm going to be here saying a word, so, you know, at least come out and give me a high five or something, love to have y'all show up on the 1st uh, of May, so be here. Um, 
You know, last thing would just be heart for the house. And all I wanted to say with that is that I love y'all. Y'all are, uh, have a heart for this house and you give to this house. And because of that, we're doing amazing things. If you didn't pick it up last time, last two weeks, we own the place now. We've closed on it. That's because of you. Um, that is exciting. And now you'll start seeing, hopefully over within the next month, you'll start seeing some transitions of things, some repairs to things, some, some just changes happening. So that's important. So, uh, and we do that because you can give to a bigger vision. You, look, at you, you, you give to a vision that God wants. And, and so what you do is when you give, you accelerate that. Uh, we can only go as fast as the giving, believe it or not, but it's good. So, and I'm not even telling you to give. We're not even giving. Like, we don't talk about giving, but I just know when you do, it accelerates what God wants to do, and that's awesome. So I appreciate each and every one. So let's just pray, uh, and we're going to get into the Word this morning. I know God wants to share something, um, so that's important to, to give Him some time to do that. So, Father, we love you, and we thank you, Lord. You are so, so good. We love you so much. We, we just love you so much. And, Father, I ask you to, to speak to my heart this morning. Make sure that whatever I say, Father, God, is all you and none of me. God, let it land on the hearts and the minds of those that are in here this morning and those watching online, Lord. Father, we just love you. So, so touch us this morning, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, we have started this identity series. We started it last week. You guys get anything last week? Um, man, we just got into this new series called Identity. And I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've been saturated in this for a while now. Um, so really what, what you're getting is kind of where I've just been just thinking about this and, and living this out and just trying to get in it all the time. And, and it's all about a beloved identity. It's all about who you are. Um, so it's about time I finally get to get it out of my mouth, uh, which is good. But, but here's the thing. Last week, we kind of got into it. And when I left, I don't think I covered everything I really wanted to cover. So we're going back into it. I think it's important that, that we stay. I just feel we're supposed to be there this morning. Um, so you might even hear stuff you heard last week. I don't even know. I don't even know what I said last week. So uh, th- you're going to hear probably something you missed last week. Maybe that's it. Maybe God just wants you to hear it for a second time. Either way, there's going to be stuff in here, uh, new stuff, but I, but I don't even know if I'm going to touch on some old stuff. Uh, but either way, I just know he wants to continue working that way. Um, so we were talking about identity, who we are in Christ. You know, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that, that kind of explains it all for you real quick. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. The new is here. Okay, it doesn't say that the revised, refurbished, you're not getting an old car with a new paint job. He said the old is it has is gone. I got rid of it. I got rid of your identity. I got rid of your past. I got rid of everything you did yesterday. I got rid of all that stuff, and I created something brand new. He goes, I, I created something brand new because I love you that much that I wanted to give you a fresh start, a brand new start. So, so that's what I love. It's not even just brand new. It's, it's, it's your new identity. It's away from your old past life. It's away from the power of Satan. It's away from everything. It's, a, it's away from the religious works that we got so tied up into for the longest time. It's away from the spirit of religion. Come on. It, it takes all that away, and it says, I love you. Your new identity, beloved, operate out of the love that he's given you. Man, I'm telling you, submerge yourself in that. Get drenched in it because it changes everything, and that's what he's given us. So, so I'm excited about this because it, when we do this, it's all about, you know, it's the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will indwell in your life. He lives in you. 
And when you do that, it goes all the way back to what we've been talking about since January. We talked about oneness. We talked about unity. That's what we've been talking about. And, and it all links together because when it gets down to the end where we're at right now, not the end, this is not the end. It's not the end of the sermon. It's not the end of the eternity. It's not the end of anything right now. But when we get to this point, it, it's, it's so powerful when you can see it all start to connect how God's been laying this out along, trying to build a foundation for you so you, so you can understand who you are in him. You know, the Greek word for this, it's, it's the, the perichoresis. It's the, it's the triunion. It's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's all of that put together, and that's where we're at. That's where we're at, and that's that oneness he wants in us, and that's what he's trying to do with our new identity. He says, man, just, just accept this. Just take it. You know, so when we see this, and we see that verse, and it says, if anyone is in Christ, when you take in Christ and you actually break that down, it's E-N. So, so it translates, it's, it's in Christ which means you can rest in Christ. So, so when you rest in the fact that he loves you, that he cares so much about you, that he's never stopped loving you, not when you were doing good things, not when you were doing bad things, when you can rest in that, that's when everything breaks out. That's when you start seeing the Holy Spirit moving in you like you've never seen before. So I like that. So anyway, that's just a little bit of the beginning. Let me get to the go-to. I don't know if I mentioned that last week, but I really wanted to get that off my heart because that was kind of just stuff that I really wanted to share. Uh, but our go-to verse, and for people that are new, that's just kind of where I've been sitting at for a long time, and, and he'll speak to me through this, uh, is Isaiah 62. So we're going back to Isaiah 62, 1 through 6. So if you have your Bibles, you can go there. If not, it'll be up on the screen. Um, Isaiah 62. Oh. And this is the prophet Isaiah, and he's speaking. This is the word of God flowing right through him. So um, and this is what it says, starting on verse 1. It says, for Zion's sake, how can I keep silent? For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? I will keep interceding until her righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. Nations will see your victory vindication, and every king will witness your blinding radiance. Just stop right there and think about that. Moses coming down was the glory of God shining off from him. He had to put a veil on to cover it. And he goes, I'm going to keep crying out for you until you, you get so filled up with me, you're, you're radiant. And the world's going to see it because you're going to change the world through me shining through you. And that's what he's saying. He's speaking to us. A blinding radiance. You'll be called by a brand new name given to you from the mouth of Yahweh himself. God wants to give you a brand new name. You will be a beautiful crown held high in the hand of Yahweh, a royal crown of splendor held in the open palm of your God. And we serve a God with an open palm, not a fist. He's not out there bashing people because you've done wrong. He has an open palm, and he wants to hold you in his open palm like, like, like a crown, a jewel. Because he loves you that much. It's an open crown. Mm. You will never again be called the abandoned one. Nor will your land be called deserted. But you will be called, my delight is in you. Hephzibah. My delight is in you. 
And I believe there's people that are walking around with the spirit of abandonment, with this orphan spirit. And you need to know that that's no longer true because you have a father that loves you so much. It doesn't matter what anybody else has spoken into your life. He has given you a new name and it's Hephzibah. I delight in you. And everything you're going through, I delight in you. When you have a bad day, I delight in you. That's what he's saying. And he says, your land will be my beloved wife. For Yahweh finds his delight in you. And he married your land. He married your land. I tell you, we all have land. We all have land. God has put property in us. God has put a a land, not even property, but if you think about the fields that you plow, we all have different fields. We all have a workspace, we all have school, we all have friends, we all have church, we all have somewhere we go that God has put you in specifically to plow it. And he says, I've married myself to it. I love it that much that I've married myself to it. And that's how he wants you to operate, like there's a covenant on you and your land. And it's just as a young man marries the young woman he loves. So your builder's son will marry you as the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride. So you will take joy in his union with you. Man, he loves you so much. He takes joy in being in a union with you, being in oneness, being in wholeness with you. I love every word that was spoken today from Ginger's prayer. Man, speaking the stuff I'm going to be talking about today from worship, just speaking the words that we're talking about today about being fractured and being whole. We don't talk, just so you know. <laughs> like, I didn't say, Ginger, I want you to come up and, 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 and share this verse. And I don't go to Cassandra and say, hey, hey, Cassandra, I, don't, I want you to go speak on these things because it's going to align. We don't do that. Like, the Holy Spirit moves and whatever he decides to do. And when it comes into alignment, you know, it's confirmation about what he's trying to do in your life and in, and in this place and in our world. But I love this because he says, you know, we are his beloved, his love, his people. And he's never going to stop. He's never going to stop crying out. He's never going to stop, man, just trying to direct people. He wants people to see what's going on in our lives. Because it's going to change things. We, we, we are different. You should be different. Okay, and, and, and when you walk around in your job and places in your field that he has already blessed, you should look different than everybody else. Like, we're not supposed to look the same as the world. So, so the goal isn't, if I can look like everybody else, they'll listen to me. That's not how you get it. Okay? The, the goal is to look different than everybody else, and they're going to be like, why are you so different? And then it draws people to you because of the Holy Spirit. And they want to know what you have that makes you so different because somebody else wouldn't have responded that way. Somebody else would have probably said something different. Somebody else would have probably done something pretty bad. But you didn't take it that way. You just let it go because the Holy Spirit's in you. And that's what it means. It means to be different, to be set apart. But he's going to call you a new name. See, because he can't give you a new name and a new identity and you still hang on to stuff. Doesn't work that way. He can't give you a new name and you just put a new name on and wear the same clothes and wear the same. And I'm not talking about clothes. I'm saying you can't walk the same when he renames you. You can't say, well, you'll see it all over the place now. You will. People will say they're a Christian, 
They don't look like one. They don't talk like one. They don't smell like one. They don't do anything like one, but they know the word. And it's the coolest term out there, so I'll say I'm a Christian. And you'll see it. You'll see it. But God says, no. (laughs) I want to see me in you. I want to see a change in you. You can't deny it when the Holy Spirit gets in you. You can't. It stops you from doing things. It does. It it calls you out. I love it when you call yourself out. Don't you love it when you go to do something? You're like, oh. It's just the Holy Spirit saying, you probably shouldn't do that. That's all that is. Because he's in you. So, yeah, when there's an ownership change, all that changes. Okay, so, so I love this. And I know I'm getting into stuff. I'm, I'm trying to repeat some stuff from, from last week. But I wanted you to know last week I talked about having access and authority. And we kind of talked about the access. We didn't get into the authority so much. Okay, but, but remember, as, as your identity changes, as you belong to him, you have access to him. You have access to things that other people don't. And you have authority in him and through him in this world. Okay, because he's put you here for a reason. So we have authority, and I kind of think of it like this. You get a, um, I was trying to think in my head of like family businesses there where, where there's authority just because of your name, and the only one I could think of was the Dallas Cowboys. So I've got some Cowboys fans in here, which is so awesome. He's blessed them. That's America's, <laughs> people are tuning out. That's okay, hang on. But this, this is what I love is that, that when I look at that, Jerry Jones is the owner. And if you don't follow NFL football, I get it. And I'm sorry, it's the only analogy that really popped in my head. And I was like, I see Jerry Jones. He's the owner of the football team, but he really is like the owner, the GM, the coach, the player. He's like everything. Okay, so, so in other words, he says anything he wants and pretty much it happens because he has authority. I can guarantee you he has sons, he has daughters, he has a wife. And when they walk into the same establishment, I guarantee you when they speak, something happens. I guarantee you that when they walk in, people are like, can we get you some? <laughs> like you have authority over what we're doing. And that's the same way this is when we walk in his spirit. When you accept him into your heart and the Holy Spirit fills you up, you walk around with the authority, his authority. So you have the ability to walk in when things are dark and bring light. You have the ability to come in and speak to things like depression and anxiety and fear. You have the authority to speak to it, and it has to listen to you. But you've got to be able to walk in that. You've got to understand the authority he gave you. A lot of people don't. And they've got the authority. They just don't use it. They just don't use it. You know, I, was, I remember as a really young kid, um, I used to drive a car that was a little sports car, and I didn't like to register it. And I didn't like to have insurance, and I didn't like to have an inspection. I, pretty much, I don't know how I drove it. And I'm not saying this because this is good. I'm saying because I just didn't care. And I remember getting pulled over once. And the, and the cop was like, license, registration, insurance. And I have a red sticker that says failed on it for an inspection. And she goes, and your inspection card. And I handed her my driver's license. And she was like, where's everything else? I said, I ain't got none. (laughs) Nothing. So she went back to her car and I was like, well, there it was. We didn't have cell phones back then. So I'm just packing things up. I'm like, I'm going to jail. (laughs) There I go back to jail, trying to stay out of that place. 
And I was like, come on. She comes back and hands me my ID card, and she's like, I need you to get home safely. And I'm like, all right. Well, I didn't know Jesus at the time, so I couldn't cry out and say, thank you, Lord. But I was really shocked. And then when I got home, which was actually my wife's, we were engaged at the time. So it was my wife's parents' house that we were staying in, living together in. And, and she was like, hey, by the way, uh, my brother-in-law, who's ex-brother-in-law, who's a detective in the police force, was walking through the call center, and he heard your name come over the call. So he used his authority to say, let him go. How many times has the Holy Spirit showed up with his authority and said, let him go? Like, let him go. He doesn't need what he's ready to get. And God says, I want to give you some mercy because you don't deserve what you really deserve. So, so I need to step in and help you. That was the authority of somebody. And we walk in that same authority. We walk under his authority. And guess what? We have the authority to speak to things. We have the authority to speak to mountains and they can move. And that's what we need to be walking with. That's the understanding we need to have when we walk into this relationship. You just didn't get saved so you can go to heaven. We got, we got saved so that we could, we, we could wreck the earth. <laughs> okay, because we're all going to come together. And, and as sons and daughters, man, I'm telling you, all of creation is waiting to cry out. Oh, when the sons and daughters are released, they're ready. They're ready. We're ready to do this thing. But you've got to be able to walk in that authority. But here's what I understood. The authority really only comes when there's a proximity. Man, because you could have some rich relatives. You could have relatives that own stuff. But if you're not walking in proximity to them, you could walk into one of their places. It don't mean nothing. People don't even know you. So we can have the authority because we know where we're going. <laughs> but we're not walking in proximity. Therefore, it's not working. So you need to start thinking about your proximity. Where are you in your walk? The closer you get to him, the more authority you carry. The more ability you have to use that authority in everything we do. So it's about proximity and authority. So come on. I loved it because I, I remember a couple of weeks ago I talked about the prodigal son. You know, when the prodigal son left, he left with an inheritance. He left with authority. And he walked away. He just chose not to use that authority where he was. But when he came back, guess what? <laughs> he was given the same authority back. It was like he was reminded of the authority he actually left. And when he came back, his dad, if you remember, wrapped him in his robe, gave him his ring. Who knows where his other stuff went, but when he walked out, he walked out, but he just forgot to walk in his authority. He got so used to walking in the world that he didn't realize the authority he actually had. Hmm. I love it when it flows like this because I'm just going to scroll down until I figure out where we're, where we're going. You know, so it's really about your identity. When we talk about walking in a new identity, um, that's the biggest thing. I, that was my whole goal for this series is so you understand that you have a new identity in him through him. Right? So, so that's our new identity. And what happens is we need to operate. We don't work for an identity. You actually work out of an identity. See, a lot of people still think that you have to work really hard to get this identity. That, man, you have to do everything right so that God will give you an identity. That's not what he's saying. He goes, I, I've gave, I gave you the identity. I've given you a new name. I already gave it to you. Now I just want you to work out of it. Quit trying to work into it. It's already there. 
He says, you're striving for the wrong thing. If you work out of it, everything else will flow. If you work out of it and allow me to wreck everything on the inside of you, everything will flow. That's what he wants. And that's important because as a church, when we start operating as a family that understands that we have access to that kind of authority, man, things will move. Like Miss Rachel was saying up here, she was like, look, when you worship and you cry out, he pours out. So you only go as far as you want to go. So if you're happy with where you're at in your worship, and if you're happy with how he shows up when you worship, then there, stay there. But if you're like, I'm not getting anything out of worship, you better check yourself. Because the more you cry out, the more he pours out. And it's just worshiping him. That's all it is. It's crying out to him. Ah, so anyway. (laughs) I might as well throw these out. Let's go to John 1, 12. And this is just real quick, just to, I think I talked about it last week. I can't remember, but John 1, 12 from the Passion says, but those who embrace him and took hold of his name, he gave authority to become the children of God. So the sons and daughters of God, heirs to his kingdom. See, that's what you need to understand. When, when, you, when, when you receive him in your heart, you are now a son or daughter in him. And if he's a king, where's that put you? We have princes, princes and princesses, right? And it doesn't matter what you've been doing in your life. He says, when you gave it to me, I didn't care who you were. You didn't have to grow up in royalty. I took you from where you were at and I brought you to royalty because you allowed me to. And he's willing to move anybody in here into that position of royalty. If you just say, take me. If you'll surrender that to him. But there's such a paradigm out there. Religion says you need to earn your way. Religion says if you do this, and you do this, and you pray like this, and you do this, and you do this, and you do this, then he'll accept you. And he says, no, I'll accept you. And then guess what? Once you receive what I want to give you, all that other stuff, man, it's not, it's not a fight. It just happens because he's in you. He's dwelling in you. So if you're one of those people that are sitting around going, I've got to get it all right before I go to church, stop it. Get to church. I've got to get it all right before I surrender to him. Stop it. Just surrender to him. He'll get it all right for you. You're working too hard. Man, you're working an 80-hour week when you could be on unemployment. (laughs) Now I'm speaking money, right? (laughs) But think about it. You're working so hard to get something that he just wants to give you. And it's only through his mercy. Because he delights in showing mercy. He delights in it. He delights in showing mercy and he delights in you. So if you think when you mess up that he's like, oh, man, and he's this this God sitting up on a big throne with a big old staff. And he's like, I can't wait to pound you on the head when you do something wrong. That's not our God. He delights in showing mercy. He says, I love you. And if you let me love you, you're not going to do that anymore. (laughs) It's It's a paradigm shift. It just takes us, it's, it's trying to take all that other thinking that's got jammed into us and saying, look, you don't have to struggle to please him. 
breathe, love him, allow him to work inside of you, and he loves you and he delights in you. Man, there's a lot of freedom in that. Because when you stay, look at it, when you stay wrapped up in the religion, it's not freedom. It's like being slaves. That's what it is. You're slave to religion. Because every day you walk around and you go, did I mess up enough today where he doesn't love me anymore? Think about it. You, you become slave to that feeling of, oh, man, am I good enough now? Am I not? And he's saying, get away from religion. Understand my relationship. I love you. Now walk in freedom. It doesn't mean you don't repent from what I'm telling you. I'm not saying this is a grace message where go out and do whatever you want. God loves you. What I'm saying is that there will have to be a rep- you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to stop doing what you're doing. Like, because when you let the Holy Spirit in, you have no choice because he's going to convict you and convict you and convict you, not condemn you, convict you, right? Until you can't take it anymore and you just stop. Because <laughs> you're like, man, leave me alone. But you can't earn it. All right, all right, let's, let's move on. Romans 8, 12 through 17. Whew. You guys tracking? Is everybody good? <laughs> Anybody need a break? <laughs> really not yelling at you. I love you. <laughs> Romans 8, 12 through 17, out of the passion. In the very first one, in 12, it says, So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. Just listen to that. When you surrender to him, look, so then, beloved ones, that's your new name, beloved, Hephzibah, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. There should be some freedom there to understand that you are not tied down to that. You're not chained to it. Nothing. Nothing. You live in freedom. Why? Because we have the authority to command it and to do what we want. And we have his mercy that it says, you know what? I I love you this much. You no longer. I give you freedom. When you surrender to me, I give you freedom. 13 says, for when you live controlled by the flesh, you're about to die. But if you if the life, but if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. So if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, so when the Holy Spirit puts to death the ways of the flesh, we then taste his abundant life. And what's the Bible say? It says taste and see. He's that good. When that happens, you'll taste and see how good he is, and you'll want more and more and more. Man, this is like my banana pudding. Man, you taste it, and you see it, and you just want more and more and more. And that's, that's the same way he is. He says, taste and see. Watch what I do. 14 says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Notice he has to say mature, because we do have immature Christians. We, 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 we have baby Christians. and, and, and Look, this is a growing thing. There is no, look, there's no perfect people. We're all, I grow every single day. I love it. I love the fact that I can come before him and he's going to keep every single day making me better and better and better and better and better. Thank you. 
Okay, so there's different levels. So, so this says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. They're the ones that you see just moving, man. When the Holy Spirit says move, they move. That's a maturity level. So if you're immature in that area, that's fine. You'll get there. As you surrender to him, you'll start hearing those impulses. And then once you release to that, once you follow that, once you follow his guidance, it's amazing. Because he'll start lining things up when you start doing what he asks you to do. So we're always growing in him. It's not an age thing either. This has nothing to do with your age. Because I've seen some of our kids in the children's ministries that are so mature, far beyond some of the adults in our church. It's amazing. It's amazing. They'll come lay hands on you and believe 100% that you're going to be healed on the spot. That's how they operate. That's how our kids are being raised. To believe have faith that it's going to happen. That's a maturity level. Just like we have some older people that are immature. <laughs> Not in our church. I'm talking about other churches. But this is why, if you ever wonder why, well, how can someone be a Christian and still struggle? It's, it, it, just because you say, I'm going to give my heart to Christ and you're going you're gonna to do whatever you can doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. There's going to be struggles. And that's why we have a God that, that delights in mercy. And he says, if you don't give up, I won't give up. But there has to be a change. There has to be a time when you put your foot down and say, I have got to change. If you're walking in the same spiritual walk that you've been doing for the last two years and three years, you're not changing. Which means you really need to start thinking about something. You really need to start surrendering to him and allow him to start moving in your life. But this is why we don't give up on people as a church. We don't. We're just going to love you. Because <laughs> that's all God wants to do. So we just want to wrap our arms around you. We're going to keep helping you and guiding you. God never gave up on us. And I'm so thankful he hadn't. Because there's a lot of times I was trying to throw stuff back at him. And I'm so thankful he was there just to say, it's not mine, it's yours, keep it. Verse 15 says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into fear of never being good enough. That's that spirit that I'm talking about. That religious duty. Living in fear that you're not good enough is not good. <laughs> and he says, you can't live that way when you surrender to me. It doesn't have a right to live within you. He took it from us. Christ died on the cross so that we wouldn't have to live in that judgment. And it keeps reading, it says, um, in the same verse, it says, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, unfolding you into the family of God. So this is where you see the spirit of sonship. This is where he says, you're in my family. You're a son. You're a daughter. It says, in the spirit of consecrated children. <laughs> These are sacred, dedicated children. That's how he sees you. I mean, that's so good. And, and when, you, when you receive this, when you understand this, it changes the way you think about yourself. We are our worst enemies. Can I tell you that? You will look in the mirror in the morning and say, I can't do this and I'm not good enough. When God's looking in the same mirror, looking back at you saying, no, you are good enough because I'm in you 
and we're going to do this together, but we, we, we tend to be our worst enemies. Keeps going, it says, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Yep, I read that, sorry. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he raises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. This is where it says Abba. It's an Aramaic word for father. It can also be daddy, papa. When you start understanding that he loves you that much, that he wants a term of endearment like daddy or papa, and we call it Abba, it means now you're not just talking to some God that sits on a throne. You're talking to a father, somebody who loves you dearly. So when you hear people crying out to Abba, that's all they're saying. That's a term of endearment for my father. It's a whole nother level. That's what he wants to be called. Verse 16 says, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. The whispers of him, You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided we accept his sufferings as our own. So you are joint heirs with him. It's in the scripture. I'm not making it up. You've just believed it a different way and you believed you, you didn't deserve it and you believed you couldn't get there. And he's saying, no, 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 no. I love you. Accept it. You're beloved. I'm telling you, this is the foundation. That's why, I'm, that's why I had to speak on it for another week because this is the foundation as we move forward to understand who you are in him. And it makes it so much easier to walk when you understand who you are. Because if you've ever had kids, I don't care what your kids do. You love them. It doesn't matter. You love them after you whoop them. <laughs> it's just how it is. But you love them. And he's the same way. He just has a bunch of kids. And he loves each and every one of us that way. He wants us to do good. He wants to guide us in the right direction. But man, he loves us so much. He loves us so much. So we can have it. I talked about it, I think, last week. We can have heaven on earth. We don't have to wait. When we operate in the access and authority as the identity of what he's given us, as beloved, we can walk with that authority on earth. And we can speak the things on earth and we can command them. We can command them. Sickness, leave. Depression, leave. Anxiety, leave. Fear, leave. But we can talk to all that. We can speak to it. And they have to stop. They have to obey us. Man. Oh, man, I'm just, I threw this verse in there. I'm sorry, y'all. I think, wait, she got it. All right. This just got me this morning, so I'm just going to share it. <laughs> you, I think Bo said this before. You might be ready to leave before I'm ready talking, getting done talking. So you are not going to offend me if you're hungry. <laughs> Romans 8, 18 through 21. 
And it says, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against it will be the universe itself has had to, for, for against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the, the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now we eagerly, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. All of creation has been entrapped, waiting on the sons and daughters to rise up. I just wanted to share that because I think that's where I'm going in the upcoming weeks. So that was one. We just call that a teaser. <laughs> Throw it out there and say, study that one. We'll come back. But it's important to understand that we're loved by him. And true transformation in your life comes in when you, when you accept that, when you move in that, when you accept your new identity of Hephzibah. And here's the thing. He's not just trying to change your behavior. This is not a behavior modification plan. Because if it was up to your behavior, there are a lot of people walking in this world that do a lot of things right and they have great behavior, but they don't have a relationship with him and they're not going to spend eternity with him. That's why it's not about behavioral modification. It's about a heart transplant. It's going from having a fractured heart, accepting him in and allowing him to grab a hold of your heart and massage it and love it until it becomes whole again. Because, man, we live in a world that's fractured. We live in a world that is fractured, and that's why they're going to become looking. When they start seeing people that are whole, when they start seeing people walking around with whole hearts that are filled so deep with his love that they can't get it off from them, that it's, that it's dripping on everything because they're saturated, they're looking for the wholeness of who we are in him. And when that happens, man, that's when change happens. People are going to be like, whoa, like, what is that? And I want it. And that's your field that he is blessed. And he says, now pour into him. Now share. Oh. And that's just not how culture says it. Culture in our world is that they're seeking perfection. And God says, I'm not seeking perfection. I just want you to, to trust me. And when you trust me, you'll obey me. And when I ask you to move, I want you to move. When I ask you to go, I want you to go. Because I have a plan for you. You know, he formed us way before you had a sperm and an egg <laughs> way before that he already knew he says i'm going to put you in a specific spot it might be in a thousand years from now but i'm going to place you somewhere because you have a purpose in your life and if you'll listen to me if you'll let me guide you if you'll surrender that to me i will use you i will work through you to change the world come on you have a whole different identity you're walking in the wrong identity you're thinking that everything you see in front of you is it. And he says, oh, you haven't even begun to see it. Surrender to me. Trust me. Trust me with your heart. And I'm going to show you something that's so much deeper. Because nothing can separate you from his love. Mm. 
If you don't believe me, go back to, to Genesis. Look at Cain. Cain and Abel. Cain killed his brother. Right? God says, where is he? He's in the field. So what did God do? Cursed him. Cursed his land. Says you can never harvest your land. And Cain says, I can't handle that. And he says, you're not going to be in my presence. And he goes, I can't handle not being in your presence. And here's the thing. He was worried because people were going to kill him. So here's God. The God that we think is the worst God ever. <laughs> right? That said, hey, okay, fine. You did something bad. I love you. And in hopes that you're going to change your mind someday, I'm going to make sure nobody kills you. I'm going to mark you. Think of it that way. He goes, I'll mark you so nobody can kill you. But he still loved him. You understand, he loved them all the way. God will love you wherever you're at. Whether you make a choice or not, he's going to love you till the end. Because you're his. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to stand beside you the whole way in hopes that one day you're going to say, I love you back. That's all he's saying. He says, I'm with you the whole way. Ah. <sighs> much time oh, i got plenty of time you guys good um i don't even know why i look at the clock do you guys really know that i don't care <laughs> i do but i don't i try to prepare enough to where i keep you interested <laughs> all right so let's go to first peter we're going to jump around first peter 2 9 and 10 first peter 2 9 and 10 he says, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. Come on. <laughs> You're drenched with it. Why? Because it's raining. <laughs> and you chose to walk into the rain. You chose to get drenched by his love. And now he says, I want you to broadcast that. I think, you know, you can listen to some radio all over the world. And I think of broadcasting it, but, you know, I live in the middle of the country, in the middle of the woods, and we don't have Internet. So, so I use my hotspot, and when I read this, I started thinking of my hotspot, that everything in my house is connected to my hotspot. And no matter where I walk, when my hotspot's on, guess what? Things connect to it. <laughs> Things start downloading stuff to it. And that's how God wants you to walk around because of the mercy he showed you in your life. He wants you to walk around where you're broadcasting who he is. And people are downloading things from you, from him. So he's going to just use you. He's going to work through you to change lives because you're willing to let him do that. Mm. So when I read that, I was like, wow. He wants us to broadcast it. But you're a, you're a chosen, a, a guarded treasure. What I love about treasure is most treasure, most valuable things in this world are hidden. You got a mind for gold. You got a mind for silver. You got a mind for diamonds. You got a mind for coal. <laughs> They're not out in the open. 
Okay, so the treasured things are hidden. Why do you think he wants you to go to your secret place? Why do you think he wants you to go to a place where he can mold you and, and, and just take the potter's clay and build you? Why do you think he wants you alone in a secret place so he can change you? See, that's where it all happens. All the treasures are hidden. He says, he says come hide with me and let me do a work inside of you. That's so precious. I want to make you into a precious gem, a stone. Oh, come on. I don't know what's going on. My iPad's going down. It's okay. <laughs> and that's when you become whole. You become whole when you allow him to get you in the secret place and, and, and just wrap himself around your heart, transform you because he delights in you. And what's funny is we, we say obey God, and o- obedience is huge. Trust me, I'm a big obedience man. When God tells you to do something, do it. God asks you to do something, do it. And, and the problem with obedience is people hear it as obedience. <laughs> and then there's this, like, I've got to obey somebody. I've got to submit to authority, yes. But you don't, that wall goes away when you just surrender your heart to him. See, see, when you say, I love you, now all of a sudden, Abba, I love you, Father, and you're asking me to do something. I want to do it. How much happier as parents are you when your kids come in and say, hey, can, can I take out the trash? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like, whoo, go back to church. <laughs> what happened to you today? But when they come in and they go, I want to do something, man, it, as a parent, you're just like, finally. <laughs> like, I don't have to ask a hundred times. You know, and that's how he is. He delights in us when we obey him and we obey him because we love him. And when that triggers in your life, you'll start obeying any authority over you because of that, because you understand that, that you love them. You know, you obey your parents because you love them. That's it. And that's what he's saying. He goes, when, when you obey me, it's because you love me. And it's not a struggle. It's not a fight. Uh, but once again, I don't want to be like any other church around. <laughs> I want to embody Hephzibah. I want our church to delight in him, and I want him to delight in us. And we're going to chase that. We're going to seek that. We're going to surrender to that. And we want to walk in that. Because as a church, if we surrender to it, we become whole. The whole oneness thing I've been talking about since January comes true because we surrender to that his love is the glue that binds it all together man when he glues it together chuck it can't come apart man there's not gorilla glue out there that can do that he says it'll never break never i don't care what you do man you can't break it you can't shatter it come on we have a god that loves us that much that he says once you do this and you let me in nothing will break it There's just too many people in church that operate with a fractured heart. They haven't allowed that love to transform them yet. So there's an emptiness there, and there's a, I don't belong, and there's a, I don't know my identity, and there's, am I truly going to make it? (laughs) He just says, yeah, you are. Just accept it. Accept your new name. Go get a new ID. You know, if you got one of those personalized license plates, go change it. I don't know what it should say, but I'm thinking now. I got something. I'm going to start selling license plates. 
<laughs> oh man it's just i know what it is and, it, and it's it, it's it's this we walk with this struggle we walk with a struggle to believe that someone could love you that much we do and when you walk in that just just wondering that you what happens when you do that is you fall short every day because you're trying to perform you're trying to do something you're trying to earn something and god says you can't earn it you can't you just have to accept it when you try to earn something that you can't earn you're only gonna fail does that make sense <laughs> so quit wasting your time trying to earn something accept it and then use all that time to go broadcast to the nation about how great his mercy's been in your life and what he's done in your life that's why i love testimonies y'all I just love hearing what, how God has taken people and just dusted them off and cleaned them up and, and glued their heart together, and now he's using them. He's using them in a mighty way. Man, I love them because I'm one of them. <laughs> That's even better. Man, I'm glad I don't have a story that I grew up in church in a great family and I've never had any issues. <laughs> That's so far from my life. I love the fact that I can, I can actually just go, Man, thank you, Lord, so many times, so many times for being there. Oh. So that's for you today. Surrender. Allow Yahweh to love you. Accept your new name, Hephzibah. And when you do, it's going to saturate your heart. Walk into the rain. Get saturated. Get drenched. Feel it. Feel his love all over you. I always go back to this. I know we get ready to close out. A lot of people can't understand this because, man, they never had the father's love. They never had a worldly father's love. So when you say love him like a father or, or, or be loved like a father loves you, they don't understand it because they they've never felt it. And you might have worked really hard in your life to please your father. And you probably tried to earn it and you tried to earn it and maybe he failed you. But Abba, he ain't gonna fail you. And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to try anymore. You just have to receive it. You just have to receive it and walk in it. I'm telling you, that's the start of everything. The start of the whole process is just receiving his love. If you want to know how to love, be loved. Be loved by him and he'll show you how to love everybody else. Because he delights in you. You do that, guess how you do that? You spend time with him. Wake up in the morning and spend time with him. You know, if you want a better relationship with, with anybody, you spend time with them. You get together with them, and you guess what? You eat with them. You dance with them. You hang out with them. That's why when you get up, man, worship him. Thank him for what he's doing in your life. Challenge him. Say, use me today. <laughs> Lord, put somebody in front of me today that needs to feel what I feel. Challenge him every single day. Because I'm telling you, your identity is going to change. When you surrender to him, it will change. And it's going to change you. It's going to change your perception of life. It's going to change your perception of what you're supposed to do. 
it's going to give you a new identity. And we call it Hephzibah. Amen? Did you guys get something out of this today? You guys good? Come on. Well, I want to pray today. Uh, I want to pray for you. Pray for people watching online. Father, we love you. Lord, you know what we're dealing with because you know our hearts, you know our minds. You know what's going through us all the time, Lord. You know what we're struggling with. You know what we struggled with. So, Lord, we ask you to touch everybody in this room. Touch everybody in the sound of my voice, Lord. And touch them and let your love flow through that touch and let them feel just a little bit about how much you love them. So, Father, I ask you to open up their hearts today, Lord, that, that they'll understand who you are and how you walk and what you do. I pray they understand their true identity this morning, Lord, and they start walking that out as a beloved identity, that he loves you. So, Father, touch each and every one in here. Give them purpose. Show them, guide them, lead them, Lord. Direct us in everything we do. And Father, I want to, I really want to hit those people that, that don't know him yet. That's a huge one. Because some of us, we sit here and we can talk about Abba, we can talk about our Father. Man, and there's some people that just don't know me. There's people watching online that, that you just haven't heard that before. So you've never been that connected to somebody. That maybe you went through the, the, the religious stuff and said, well, I said a prayer, but I haven't felt anything. I'm going to challenge you today to release that. To release it. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. But, you know, the first thing you have to do is repent. I mean, this is part of it. It's not the first thing. You accept them in your heart, and guess what? You will repent. Repent means stop. It's a change of the way you think about things. It's a, change, it's a change in your heart. It's a change in your mind. It's not just going in the other direction, because I can go in the other direction and seek out the same stuff I was seeking in one direction. It's I want to change the way I think about something. I don't want to desire stuff anymore. I don't want to do things anymore. And that's part of that. When you surrender to him, you repent. You say, you know what? I'm going to quit doing that. And evidence will show up. And he'll start moving. The Holy Spirit will start moving in you. So if that's you and you want to do that today, you want to make that, you want to declare that over your life. Because you've never done it this way before. You never accepted him as Abba. You just accepted that there's a God. But there's a God that's so close to you. He loves you. He calls you his son, his daughter. And he's been with you this whole time. He's been guiding you the whole time. He's been trying to talk to you. He's been reaching his arms out to you. And today, he just wants to love you. So if that's you, if you're here, there ain't nobody looking. I'm, nobody cares. I mean, I'm telling you, I just, you know, I like to know who I'm praying for. So if there's somebody in the room, I'm not going to call you out, make you come up, none of that stuff. I just want to pray for you. So if there's somebody in the room and you want to receive him at that level today, you, 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 you want to start that process, you want to start working through this, man, can you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Come on. Come on. All right, Holy, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come on. And I know there's other people online. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a prayer because the Bible says that, you know, we're supposed to declare it with our mouth. And, and this is personal to me because I didn't know how to pray when I accepted him into my life. I didn't know. You couldn't just tell me to declare it with my mouth because I didn't know what to say. And I'm telling you, the prayer is not what saves you. The prayer is not it. Man, it's the change of your heart. It's the believing in your heart of who he is and repenting from your sins and stopping doing the things that you need to stop doing and loving him and allowing him to love you. And oh, man. But the prayer is what can help because it helped me. Man, he didn't just show up in my bedroom. I came to a church, broken, lost, beat down, and I said a prayer. And it triggered something in my heart that it just didn't stop there. So I want to say that with you today. And as a church, we're going to just repeat it together. So just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Man, I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do it on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I know you died on the cross. And you rose again. Just for me. So today, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's put your hands together. And we serve a good God. He is so wonderful. If you said that prayer today, don't leave. We have resources with you. We want to give you some, a book to help you. We want to talk with you. We want to pray with you. Look, reach out to us. Let us know if you did. If you said that online, if this is what's going on in your life and in your heart, and you just got wrecked today, man, let us know so we can reach out to you. Because oh, you can't do life alone. You just can't figure this thing out. Man, you need to have people come alongside you and walk you through this. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm getting a little excited. <laughs> I love y'all. I do. And uh, I look forward to, to next week. I'm going to turn it over. Jazzy's going to come up and close us out. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hey. <laughs> um, so during praise and worship, I just want to share something with you guys. And, you know, Pastor DJ already touched on this, how phenomenal Holy Spirit is and how he just connects us and he connects the thoughts and the hearts of the people. So it's rain nourishes and replenishes, but it also reveals. When we ask for the rain, are we willing to allow Holy Spirit to reveal in us those broken things we've buried under mounds of false smiles and insincere I'm okays? We want things easy, we want things nice, but sometimes we need the downpour. We need the torrent to come in and wash some things away to knock some things down. God is a God of revelation. He wants to reveal to us glory, his power, his love. He also wants to reveal to us all that he has placed in us to rule, to have dominion, to be more than conquerors. First, he must reveal to us our grasshopper mentalities. He must reveal to us our fractured faith. He must reveal to us the lies we've held on to as our identities. When he reveals, he will redeem. He'll redeem the lost years. He'll redeem lost relationships. He will restore and he will pour himself out upon us. So for the second week, God has, has dropped Joel 2, 28, 29 in my spirit. That's when he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. But then he had me go back into the previous part of that chapter 
And it says, so rejoice, O children of Zion, and delight in the Lord your God, for he has given you the early autumn rain and vindication, and he has poured down the rain for you, the early autumn rain and the late spring rain as before. And the threshing floors shall be full of grain, and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. He makes all things new. He said, when we accept the rain, let his rain flow and not just come in and be gentle and all of that kind of good stuff, but allow him to reveal those things in us so that we can give it to him and he can make that thing new. So during this time in our service, <laughs> after Pastor DJ has brought a phenomenal word, um, this is a, a time that we continue our worship through our giving. Um, so there are multiple ways to give. You can give at the door in person. You can give via the app, which is you see up here online. And you can even text to give, which I really like because, you know, your money comes in. You're still in the bed. You give your tithe and your offering, and you're done. You don't have to worry about spending it or, you know, something else happening to it. But um, if you are just visiting with us for the first time, this is not necessarily geared towards you. You don't have to feel compelled or obligated to give. But if you would like to worship with us in this way, we welcome you to do so. Um, so that's about it. I'm going to pray us out. Um, I hope that you all have, I pray that you all have a phenomenal week. That what we have learned on today and these previous weeks, that we don't just hear it on a Sunday morning and we leave it here in the church. And as soon as we walk out, the kids start acting up or whatever the case may be. And it's like, oh, that's gone. But we hold on to it. We dig into it. We dive into it deeper. And we allow it to penetrate our hearts so we can be the light in this earth. We can be those lamps set on the lampstand and have people coming to us asking us, how do I get what you have? How can I be a testimony to someone else? How can my life affect and impact and affect this earth? So, Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity of coming in. We thank you, Father God, for the word that is being given in this house. I thank you, Father, for the heart of the man and woman of God to run after you, to seek after you, and then to share with us who it is that you have revealed yourself to him to be. And I thank you, Father God, that we can also come to you ourselves. We can come boldly before your throne room of grace. We can climb up into your lap. We can lay our heads on your shoulder and we can say, Papa, tell me, who am I? And you will share with us exactly who we are. You will share with us the great and mighty purposes that you have for us in this earth. You can cleanse us of all of the, the, the grime from the previous day, week, or years, Father God, and you will make us new. So, Father God, have your way in us and let these words penetrate our hearts and our lives throughout this coming week. And I thank you, Father God, where we will begin the practice of pouring ourselves out to you and allowing you to pour into us, not just on a Sunday morning, not on a Monday night or a Tuesday night, but every single moment of every single day of our lives. Father God, have your way in us. And I thank you, Father God, for this day. Thank you for your son, for you, and for your precious Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So if you need prayer, um, prayer partners will be up here in the front. So please don't hesitate to come and just get that little bit of extra.